We're talking free agency today on Locked On 49ers. Very special guest, Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus to break it all down. Who's walking? Who's staying? Can the 49ers dip their toe in the free agent market and maybe make a big splash? Coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you as always at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, it is that time to bring out our special guest today, Brad Spielberger, friend of the program. Contract, I mean, just the the, the contract guru, because this is a, a foreign world to a lot of us, and we know contracts, we've seen numbers, but a lot of times there's so much going on that that really doesn't make sense. So we got to bring on somebody on the program who knows what he's talking about. Brad Spielberger of uh, Pro Football Focus, OverTheCap.com. Brad, appreciate you jumping on with us today and and maybe spilling out some of the uh, the jargon that we hear when it comes to free agency and what the 49ers might be able to do here in free agency. So appreciate you jumping on. Thanks for having me back. And uh, yes, it's, it's lying season. It's also weird contract language season and, and all those things we see. Uh, so I'm here to try, to try to clear that up a little bit. And I know you're in the know, so if you have any like inside information on some of these things that happen before we know them and you know about one of these free agents and uh, that might be leaving or staying or doing something with the 49ers, feel free to drop that nugget on us as well as we go through here. Uh, real quick, before we, we jump into specific players, got to talk Bosa extension, McGlinchey, and, and all the top free agents that the 49ers um, might be trying to bring back. I just want to talk about 49ers roster construction first and how that changes and how that will mold what the 49ers are able to do now and going forward because they're they're an odd team where they have some big-time players at big-time positions, but they're not paying a lot at the quarterback position, which allows them to do some other things. But they're probably, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe the number one team in the NFL in contracts for non, non-premier positions. You know, they've, they've got a $12 million salary upcoming for Christian McCaffrey that they may... Uh, probably very likely will restructure. They're paying top dollar for a tight end, top dollar for off-ball linebacker. They just re-up their punter and their long snapper. Robbie Gold is a is a free agent at kicker. So they're, they're paying a lot of non-premium positions. And how, how do you think that impacts things like with Bosa? And they're, they're paying a lot at left tackle as well with Trent Williams. Do you think it will eventually start to hamper what they're able to do going forward? Yeah, the funny thing is not to oversimplify, but just not paying a ton at quarterback can really enable you to do so much on the rest of your roster. And I think that is a big reason why you can get away with paying, like you said, the premium and some of those non-premium positions, at least from a market standpoint. Um, you know, yeah, eventually you do want to stagger things and have things, you know, certain guys cap hits larger in certain years and and there and other guys kind of the opposite and, and have it flow in a in a, in a you know, cohesive manner. So as of right now, they're fine because of the quarterback situation, because of the way they've managed the cap, but they definitely are a bit of an outlier in how they're spending on some of those quote unquote non-premium spots. How much do they have to pay to Nick Bosa? Floor of $30 million a year. I would think it gets, oh yeah. I would think it gets into the 32 and a half million per year range. Uh, look, he has the same agent as his brother Joey, who when he re-signed, reset the market by a decent amount at $27 million per year. If you got the same raise from, uh, raise from a percentage standpoint, we're looking at $32, $33 million a year. So I think it lands somewhere in there. Let's say five years, you know, $157.5 million. Like a, a really, really big deal. Brad, I have a hypothetical question for you. 
All right, and it's kind of being floating around a little bit. Uh, 49ers land, not not too much, not too crazy. All right, don't think it ever happened. But if you could do a trade straight up, uh, Lamar Jackson for Nick Bosa, considering the financial ramifications of that, would Brad Spielberg do it? Wow. I mean, I would definitely consider it. I really would. I mean, Bosa, I think, is probably a top five non-quarterback, you know, valuable type player in the NFL. But if you can give up no draft capital and just swap those two guys, give Lamar his huge deal. I mean, can you imagine Kyle Shanahan or Lamar Jackson in a Kyle Shanahan offense? I, I want to see that just as a fan of the game. I mean, it'd be so fun. We talked about that on an earlier episode this week. It was like, man, I know it's not, never going to happen. It's kind of fantasy world, but can we just do like this one year alternate reality and get to see it just so we know what that would look like? Uh, I mean, dude, and part of me is like, okay, don't worry about defense. Let's uh, let's trade Bosa in a package, get Lamar Jackson. Hell, let's even trade for Derrick Henry, who's supposedly on the market with Christian McCaffrey. And just go run crazy and just see what kind of stuff Kyle Shanahan can dream up with Debo and Wideback and Usechek and and McCaffrey and uh, and just have some some fun. But uh, the 49ers aren't going to allow us to have that kind of fun. I have a feeling. Do you, do you have a feeling of where Lamar will end up? Is there a team that's going to come over the top and, and do something crazy with with some of these uh, guarantees that are rumored to be what Lamar is is asking for? Or is this just the franchise tag being slapped on him so the Ravens can? automatically just match whatever offer Lamar might find out there on the free agent market. Yeah, you know, at this point, it does seem like no team is going to get into that, you know, 200 plus million fully guaranteed conversation. I thought Miami made a lot of sense, obviously from South Florida. They've always been looking for a quarterback and, and trying to court some of these guys. They would have to wait until after the draft. And I do think now if any team is going to enter this conversation, it would be after the draft. Maybe they don't get the prospect they wanted. Things don't work out. And then they sign an offer sheet. But you know, we were talking about pre-show. Unless one of those teams is willing to go into an outlier range of full guarantees, I'm not sure Lamar signs it anyway. If you if you ask me to bet right now on what happens, I honestly think he just plays on the franchise tag in 2023. As as crazy as that sounds, that that's my guess. Wow, it just it, his play style. It just seems like the wrong decision. Maybe that's the right way to go. Maybe he's just like you know he wants to go the Kirk Cousins route. It's like okay, franchise me twice, and then I'll be a straight up free agent and get a mega mega deal which in two years with the way the salary cap is going i don't know who knows maybe that's a 60 million dollar year contract i have no idea because because things are going nuts and with some of these quarterback contracts even with geno smith and and daniel jones and we're talking 40 million dollars a year which you know is when you see the structure it's not quite that and, and there's inflated years at the end of those contracts but man it, it's almost like going cheap at quarterback seems like the way to go rather than locking yourself into a Kirk Cousins where, yeah, you're going to be pretty good with Kirk Cousins, but I'd rather just suck and draft high and try to hit a home run with a quarterback. Yeah, no, the Kirk Cousins route I think is maybe what Lamar is thinking at this point because you do, if you get through those first two tags, you have all the leverage in the world. You can get fully guaranteed deal like he did. You can kind of do whatever you want uh, because teams can't you know control your rights. So I think he is thinking that way. I get that there's maybe some inherent risk there. Obviously, missed a couple games the past few years, but he'd still only be 28 years old after two tags, hypothetically, which, as we know, in today's NFL and quarterback years, even for a guy like Lamar, um, is very, very young. So, yeah, I, I think that's the route that he wants to go. As to the cheap quarterback thing, we talk about this all the time. Like, there's not really such thing as a mid-tier market for quarterbacks, and that's kind of the issue, is that unless you're getting one of the truly elite guys – 
you're still paying the second tier of dudes around that much money. Like Daniel Jones getting 40, you know, and it, there's some funny money, but honestly not that much. He's making 82 million over the first two years. So he's, he's making in line with that average per year. Yeah. Uh, which is crazy. Geno Smith though is the first one where it's genuinely $25 million a year in base value. And I think Seattle maybe, I know it's unprecedented to get a guy who was a backup for like eight years and now he's your starter, but they have an opportunity in front of them with a very good veteran quarterback on a cheaper deal, two top 20 picks, a bunch of cap space still beyond Geno. I think they could be in this this middle area where they could totally capitalize on it. I think they're you know a contender in this division. Hey, Croc, remind me, who is your number one free agent that you thought the 49ers should call first and resign? Robbie Gold. Robbie Gold. What's Robbie Gold going to get, Brad? Can the 49ers pay a kicker? They could if they wanted to. It sounds like he doesn't really want to be there. I know he got franchise tagged in the past. Uh, I guess they're not going to go that way again. Um, hey, he'll get 4 or $5 million per year. He's still one of the best kickers in the NFL. Uh, those guys can play until they're 40 years old. I want to say he's like 37, but um, not necessarily priced out. Uh, I, I agree with you. He, he's still you know, good as gold as he's always been. I'm a Bears fan. I, you know, I watched him 10 years ago, uh, which is crazy at this point. But, yeah, he's going to do pretty well. I think he's actually turning 40 this year. So oh, maybe he's – a little closer to the end, but I mean, he's, he's been, he's been nails. Um, and look, drafting kickers hasn't really exactly worked out for a lot of teams either. So, uh, I don't know what the 49ers are going to do a kicker, but, uh, you know, it's probably $5 million. They, they don't want to spend cause they've got so many other things to do. Charles and men who able cam on the defensive line, you got Jake Brendel and McGlinchey on the offensive line. Let's get into some of those next. What are those guys going to make? Who can the 49ers actually bring back and, and what's cost effective for this team going forward next with Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. If you're looking for that delicious treat, you don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try Built Bar. And what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, the amazing flavors. We're talking about, well, they're sold out now of Croc's uh, favorite, which was there. Or Croc, did you did you get a chance to get that box yet of, of the donut, maple donut, Built Bar Puff? I think I might have waited just a little too long because they go fast, which we warned people, and then I waited too long, and now I might be out of luck. Oh, man, yeah, because I think they're sold out now on the website. Tons of new flavors, though, all the time at Built.com. Churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut. I love this the old standard peanut butter Built Bar. There's the puffs with marshmallowy goodness inside, and most Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and so you always feel like you're getting a treat. Healthy is actually tasty with Built Bars. And I don't know how they do it, but they pack all that flavor into high-protein bars that are only 130 calories are most Built Bars with only 4 grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. You can find all the flavors, of course, at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart and Sam's Club as well. Go to the pharmacy section at Walmart, find four boxes of flavors like cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs, or at Sam's Club, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter and churro, and then thank us later. And, of course, all the flavors and varieties at Built.com. All right, Brad. I, I think the number that Mike McGlinchey in free agency, uh, the number that he actually gets, I, I have a feeling, correct me if I'm wrong, it's not going to be from the 49ers, and it's going to be a lot bigger number than some people are expecting. I agree on both counts. I'd be shocked if he's a 49er, and I do think it's going to get above $15 million a year. I don't think the 49ers should enter that conversation, uh, and I don't think they're going to. Is there a budget right tackle the 49ers could sign that could be a starter or at least compete to be a starter with Colt McKivitz? You know, Daniel Brunskill is also a free agent uh, that I assume would come back at, at a much better number. 
Uh, it, it does do budget tackles even exist in the NFL? No, there are. There are a handful of guys that, you know, some swing guys, some veterans, a guy like Kelvin Beecham in the division, um, you know, a solid free agent this offseason, Jermaine Illuminor with the Las Vegas Raiders, Cam Fleming with the Denver Broncos. You know, all these guys are kind of your older stopgap two or three year at most type players. Uh, you know, George Fant with the New York Jets these past couple of years. So, you know, guys that it's not a long term solution, but you could get for relatively cheap. They come in and, and they are, you know, a lot of those guys are swing options, too, if. You know, unfortunately, you have to maybe have a guy play it left for a couple games. It's a nice option to have. Jake Brendel is a is an odd one because you know interior guys don't get paid as much, and he's been basically a journeyman, and then had his a really nice year as a starter for the 49ers. It would seem to be a we're starting to talk about a player who the 49ers actually could bring back in Jake Brendel at center. Yeah, I agree. So there's 10 San Francisco 49ers free agents on my top 200 board, which is by far the most of any team. Um, he is 10th, though. Uh, he's at 200. So, um, But I agree. I think he could come back. Look, I think teams realize that Shanahan puts these guys, especially interior offensive linemen, in such advantageous positions. And so I'm not saying they're bad or holding anything against them, but you know they grade super well. They, they look super good, and, and he knows how to target guys that play well in space, can get to the second level, can fit in that wide zone scheme. I think he's signing for, you know, I have him at two years for $2.25 million per year. I doubt he's getting any substantial deal, you know, with age. And like you said, not a ton of experience before now. You know, a nice little payday, but nothing crazy. And, and not a player that, you know, teams around the league are going to be fighting over because he's really only had success with the 49ers, so he means more to them than he would mean to probably a team on the open market. And, and really his past experience was also with the 49ers' current offensive line coach when he was in Miami in Chris Forster. So there's probably not a lot of experience where someone's like, oh, I've, I've worked with that guy. He can be a starting center for us. So that's why I like Brendel being the guy that the 49ers bring back just because the dollars make a little bit of sense. Um, I mean, there's there's so many players on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I know Croc loves himself some Emmanuel Mosley, but the ACL thing kind of throws a wrench into that. I mean, uh, and it's funny as uh, Croc, we, we talked about this before and you were like, man, I don't know if they can pay him and they do have some young players behind them, but what if it could come in sort of uh, maybe a bargain one year, show me deal since he is coming off of the injury. Is that even a possibility? Well, well Brad, I have a question with that. You know, what have you seen uh, as far as the impact of that, that next amount of money, that uh, contract that guys get that are coming off of injuries? It's oftentimes is those one-year flyers, like a Jason Verrett the first time around in San Francisco. Like, yeah, oftentimes teams say, hey, we don't know how healthy you're going to be. You know, you can't pass the physical as of right now. Um, it definitely does limit your market to a degree. So that's a doable thing? What, what kind of number would you be looking at with someone like Emmanuel Mosley? If it yeah, was and I agree. Year. I thought he was playing phenomenal football to start the season. And it was unfortunate he got hurt. Um, I have him down as a two-year deal for $3 million per. It could just be a one-year flyer. I thought maybe a you know, young guy in his first veteran deal, he'll give that second year of control um, to the team in order to get a little bit more money, some more guarantees and assurances. But, yeah, not a ton again. It isn't a good free agent cornerback class by any means, but I think that injury, again, like you said just about Brendel, the team knows – his situation better than anybody else will. They know how he fits in their scheme, obviously, all those things. So you could argue like he makes more sense in San Francisco than anywhere else. And that's tough for Emmanuel Mosley because $3 million a year. I, I think he had signed some sort of a contract with the 49ers. It was like kind of this extension slash kind of new contract because of how they were uh, signing yeah, him. Was, but it was like two years, $10 million. So it was yep. like, man, you go from two years, $10 million, and then the way he was playing, I'm like, gosh, this guy's going to be a $13 million a year cornerback. And then, boom, you tear your ACL, and now you're kind of back to square one. 
It is tough. Yeah, no, he was looking like one of those guys, you know, like a Michael Davis with the Chargers, or one of those guys that gets that veteran deal, then plays um, a little bit above that and gets a, a more strong, you know, second time around. Like Casey Hayward, also with the Chargers back in the day, like taking those steps, then you kind of you beat out your prior deal. Um, he, he was looking like that type of player. Looking at the defensive line for the 49ers, they have multiple free agents there. Um, on the edge, though, Amenahu and Samson Abelkam. Who makes the most of those two guys? Because I think the cheapest of the two is the one the 49ers might try to keep around. The versatility from Amenahu is, is, is one of the guys I thought the 49ers might prioritize. But we've seen in the past these 49ers defensive linemen um, just get these huge contracts where the 49ers are like, ah, that's, we can't go there for, you know, seven, eight million dollars a year. Or what DJ Jones contract last year with the Broncos kind of shocked me. And th there's players you want to bring back, but there's at a certain level, it's like, man, uh, we're going to pay Bosa the big bucks and already paying Armstead quite a lot. So I don't know how much you can spend on the rest of those guys. Yeah, you know, and Amenu is also going to be 26 years old next year, to about two years younger than Ebicam right now. So I think both fall in the 8 to 10, maybe get to 11, 12 if some team steps up. But in, in that range of, you know, at least $8 million a year. And I do, unfortunately, with Armstead and Bosa, um, you know, they might get both get priced out again and they'll have to go back to the well of finding these good young players to bring in and, 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 and you know, coach them up. But then Amenu, especially like using him differently than Houston did, I think he was happy to come to an even front and do different things. Uh, that's just what they that, that's what they keep doing how much of a factor is it do you think that these guys are playing with really good players and, and guys like nick bosa on the 49ers defensive line uh and in the past you know it was um divorce buckner was was involved in that line as well are these guys playing up and so is this something the 49ers can keep doing where they're just bringing in guys off the street that outplay what they would do on another roster because of the the defense and, and the players that are around them the factor to a degree, like, again, not to take away from these guys. I mean, you saw Arden Key still have a great year with Jacksonville last year, so it wasn't just that he was the 49ers, but – a, it's yes. I mean, defenses or offenses are, you know, giving more attention to these superstars, these force multipliers in Bosa and Armstead. But I also just think the Niners have just better coaching and have put them in position to succeed. Like, Amenahu in particular kind of basically pushed his way out of Houston, and I don't think he liked his role as more of a 3-4 D end and wanted to, you know, move around, like you said, more versatile, but also really get outside and, and do things off the edge. So, um, yeah, I think it's a mix of both. Uh, but, but yes, I think they can kind of cycle through these guys, continue to be relatively cheap. We've seen it with the Rams as well. You know, you just add these edge rushers opposite of Aaron Donald. They go off, get paid somewhere else, and they just kind of keep cycling through, the, through, the, uh, through those guys. So I think it's probably the most likely scenario. But I can hear you on maybe trying to keep a Menahu, a good young player that I think is still getting better, you know, as time goes on, too. Talking about bargain hunting, too. So let's say the 49ers let some guys go and, and they don't re-sign McGlinchey or Amenahu or Abelcom. Are there players that are, we already talked about offensive tackles, but on the defensive line, maybe nose tackles, maybe some edge guys. You see any, you see any bargains out there on the free agent market that, that might make sense for the 49ers? Definitely. There are a handful of, I think, guys that are, you know, good pass rush upside guys like a Matt Ioannidis, like a Morgan Fox, with the Los Angeles Chargers this past year um, that are not going to break the bank on the interior. I think both guys get around four to six million dollars a year. Um, nothing crazy. If you want kind of, you know, a more run stuffing type player, Larry Ogunjobi's situation is interesting. Played, I thought, pretty well last year for one year, $9 million in Pittsburgh. Probably tries to get a solid multi-year deal, but, you know, in the DJ Jones range, maybe that's a little bit too much. But, you know, and then, you know, Sheldon Rankins coming off a year with the Jets where he played well till he got hurt. 
uh, I think is an interesting fit with them as well. Um, the edge guys are more veteran, like older guys. It's your, your Justin Houston's, your Brandon Graham's, your Melvin Ingram's. Um, still, you know, valuable contributors, uh, but, you know, not again, not like a multi-year fix, m- most likely. Ionitis is an interesting name, too, because the Steve Wilkes connection from from Carolina. So that's a name I circled when I first started looking at at free agent defensive lineman for the 49ers. Justin Houston seems to be a popular name that the 49ers fans are throwing around out there. What kind of money would he be looking at at this stage in his career? It's interesting when these older vets, even they play very, very well, which he has the last two years, but it kind of doesn't matter. Once you get pegged as like a one year, $4 million type guy, which is about where he is, it's hard for those guys to get off of that number. The same case with Ingram as well, where Ingram was arguably Miami's best pass rusher two years ago, doesn't really get any good, good offers and comes back. And now, you know, Jalen Phillips has emerged. I think is a very good young player, but, but yeah, one year flyers for, you know, three to $5 million. They're just uh, maybe there's some injury concerns, or I don't know what the case is specifically because the production's there. Um, they just can't really seem to boost their market back up once they hit a certain age and once they take one of those one-year kind of flyer-type deals. They get pegged a little bit. All right, we got to talk quarterbacks, of course. The 49ers and John Lynch you know, pretty much admitted the 49ers are going to look at some free agent quarterbacks. And, of course, they need arms just to get through training camp, especially with the looming surgery for – uh, Brock Purdy at quarterback. They're going to have one healthy quarterback so far in the spring. So they got to add somebody, whether it's uh, young rookies to compete or just camp arms, but one veteran will be added to this roster. So let's talk about who some of those guys could be next. But I do want to thank everybody once again for making Locked On 49ers your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure you're subscribed up to the brand new YouTube channel for Peacock and Williamson. Check out the new version of the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast as well right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Brad. Uh, uh, Croc, which quarterback? We're going quarterback shopping. How high do you want to go? Like, uh, Where do you think the 49ers will go first? And should we dare to dream as far as quarterbacks go? I think you've kind of really convinced me Matt Ryan would be the best for this situation. Uh, a guy who is a veteran, and we have Brad on to try to figure out what his salary would demand. But then in Kyle Shanahan's offense, I think if you know his time has passed him and he has to be a backup, I think he's fine with that. And grooming the young guys, like just helping with that process, I think it helps as well to have Brian Greasy in that quarterback room, guys that played under Kyle Shanahan. But Hey, man, if something doesn't look right or something's a little off and you need him to play with the weapons the 49ers have, I think that would look good as well. So uh, I, I'd go with probably Matt Ryan in this situation. And by the way, is Matt Ryan a slam dunk to get cut by the Indianapolis Colts? Because that would have to happen right. first. A hundred percent. He won't be there. I would tell you this. Um, well, also, it helps that he has a large guarantee with the Colts that if he gets cut, it would still be there, but there would be offset language, and the Niners aren't going to give him more than the $12 million of money he's are currently owed, so he could play for pretty cheap because he's not going to top that that money, um, but I would say this, I don't think the Niners are competing with any other team. I think they're competing with retirement uh, in, the, in the Matt Ryan market. So what, what would that look like? Do you think Matt Ryan would be a candidate? Because one of the reasons, I, I'm not all about Matt Ryan just because I think he's the best quarterback the 49ers could get. I just think it's you know veteran, end of career, uh, his history with Kyle Shanahan and maybe, you know, you could just, and I don't know what's in his heart. I don't know if he wants to keep playing and I don't know if he wants to play for, you know, whatever the 49ers would be willing to offer him. But I just think like he could come in a lot less than some of the other veterans that are on the market could give you just as much from a mentorship from, you know, whatever he has left in the tank as a player. 
while also maybe, you know, chasing rings with the 49ers. He knows he's had success with Kyle Shanahan in the past. He's a guy who could start week one for you or be your third quarterback behind both of the young quarterbacks and, and, and maybe be okay with that. So if the 49ers could talk him into that, what do you think that number would actually look like for Matt Ryan? Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, first, yes, he kind of demanded a trade from Atlanta, but he didn't make us think about it. Uh, and then in Indianapolis, dealt with the you know mess that was getting benched for Sam Ellinger, and you know just again stayed quiet, stayed to himself, and probably mentored these guys up. Was a great veteran leader, so all that's good. I mean, the money he's made three hundred million dollars, so I'm not even sure the money's all that big of a deal at this point. It's probably more just about his health. Um, being in a situation he's happy to be in with people he likes, which you'd imagine, you know, applies to the guy who helped him win an MVP in 2016. So, yeah, it'd be a one-year deal for like $5 million. Realistically, um, I don't think it's anything bigger than that. Um, even if that, like I said, because the offset language and the former, the roster bonus in, in Indy, like he can't, he's not going to get more than that. So, um, yeah, like I just, I, for him, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm wondering, I'm kind of waiting on that retirement announcement, I feel like. But, hey, maybe, maybe he wants to run it back. Yeah, I can definitely see that retirement. I didn't know about the offset language. That actually strengthens the case for Matt Ryan and and, and maybe makes it more likely he'd be willing to take even less, which is, you know, a, another bonus for the 49ers as far as that's concerned. Maybe some, you know, uh, you know, similar to what we had with Jimmy G last year with his contract, maybe some incentives. I don't know, but I guess what you're saying doesn't matter because it probably wouldn't reach $12 million anyway. Yeah, that's my understanding. I don't think he can double dip, which is what we call it when you don't have offset language. You can earn both, uh, you know, both contracts. I'm fairly confident it's in there. So, yeah, it does help because he's not going to top that that $12 million number. Um, so, yeah, it's not about a financial thing. It's really, does he want to, you know, reunite with the boys and, and have, you know, have a good time with Kyle Shanahan and all that. But it does make sense. I mean, especially with what Brock Purdy's elbow still hasn't even been operated on. We don't really know what's going on with Trey Lance. Like, it, it, and you brought it up and I hadn't thought about it at all. And now I'm kind of in love with the idea just like you guys are. But, you know, that, that'll be an interesting one to monitor. Trying to think of who the best quarterback. Who's the best quarterback you think could make sense for the 49ers? Let's say if they even were entertaining trade offers for Trey Lance or something like that. Is there some like big splash the 49ers Stop can make? Stop trying to trade my guy Trey Lance. Well, no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, if they were to make a splash, it's probably because they're they they do not believe in, in Trey Lance. Because if they believe in Trey Lance, they probably need to go cheap at quarterback, I would assume. But if they didn't go cheap, is there a name that makes sense for the 49ers? Yeah, so they are lucky that there's a ton of free agent quarterbacks, um, you know, mostly on the cheaper side. I think the only one that's going to get a significant deal at this point is is Jimmy G. So we're, we're obviously assuming he's not going to be back. I think a guy like Jacoby Brissett honestly played very well in Cleveland last year. Like, I think underrated that he, you know, they, they lost a couple close games, but I thought he was a gamer uh, and played well for those first 11 games of the year. Um, beyond that, it's like your Baker Mayfields, your Teddy Bridgewaters, your Gardner Minshews. Mariota, I guess, kind of interesting just because he has the mobility um, and can do some things with, you know, zone, zone read and all those things. So, you know, interesting couple names. Uh, but, yeah, probably not any big splashes left on the board. I got to ask about one more guy here who uh, frequently comes up on the Locked On 49ers podcast, and he has from years, uh, and that is Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins uh, is a, a fan favorite or, or hated by some fans, uh, depending on who you are. Croc doesn't like his face. But um, <laughs> he uh, he's an interesting player because he's actually had the same injury that that Brock Purdy had, and so uh, if if the 49ers believe in the young quarterbacks they have, and things go well with the Brock Purdy surgery, then I, I think you know that's why Matt Ryan still comes to mind, just because if he does come in at a low number. But I'm 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 bargain basement shopping at quarterback. I don't want to pay seven million dollars a year i don't want to pay 12 million dollars a year for a backup quarterback a quarterback you're hoping doesn't 
play. So bottom of the market, what are we talking about? Are we talking like veteran minimum, $2 million? What are we talking about for like the Nick, the, the Nick Mullins crowd, the, uh, um, uh, who else, the, uh, who else we, we talked about there, Croc in the, in the cheap category. Well, Baker Mayfield be cheap. I think he's going to get like six, seven million dollars, which isn't expensive. Uh, but I don't know if you'd characterize it as cheap. Um, yeah, Nick Mullins does rate pretty high in his uh, punchable face metric that we, we keep track. <laughs> of, so I hear you there, but uh... <laughs> hey, Nick Mullins, if you're out there, I think you got pretty face. I like your face. Uh... Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I take it back. But no, no, I, I mean, I think it's interesting when a team trades for a guy like you know what the Vikings trade for him from the Raiders. It shows there's some value. They felt they had to do that. Uh, to get him on board, but yeah, probably like two, two, three million at absolute most. He could be a minimum guy, you know, depending on his health and all that. And I do think it matters a ton to Shanahan to have a veteran that knows the system and all those things. And he obviously is that guy. Here's what I think Matt Ryan to the 49ers, Baker Mayfield back to the Rams, because there's still some iffiness that, that we're hearing for some reports with uh with Matthew Stafford. And I'm just looking at the NFC West here because the the Seattle Seahawks are the only team that has a quarterback that they know who's going to start in Week One, but they still may draft a guy that's you know maybe the guy next year or in a couple of years. Who knows what the what the Seahawks do? A lot of draft picks there, but Marcus Mariota to Arizona is one that I was looking at. What, what do you think there for the the NFC West? Do I have it nailed? I like that a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he'll get a one year flyer, four or five million dollars. Um, I, I really don't think Kyler is going to play the first like half of the season. I'm not even really sure why you want him to. That team is just so bad across the entire roster. Um, I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be on a new team in the next couple of weeks as well. Um, yeah, I, I like Mariota. I think Gannon. You know, Gannon has, has been with guys like Shane Steichen in Philly that can actually cater an offense to the player's skill set and don't try to just pigeonhole them into what they want to do. Um, and, and so I think he can, you know, find a way to work through that. What his offensive coordinator is like 29 years old. But, uh, you know, they, they can figure out a way to to create an offense that, that works to his skill set. Croc, any other free agents you want to ask uh, Brad about while we got him here? I feel like there was a cornerback that I wanted to. Who, I've heard who Jamil- Jamel Dean's gonna make some crazy money. Ah, oh, see, but Dean, I don't know. There's something about Dean. He really? felt very. That's body. I mean, this is a lot of corners, but kind of boomer bust. And I, I don't expect guys to be shut down guys, but just be like fairly consistent. Like I think even like Diamondo Lenore, outside right. of a stretch of a couple games late in the year, then obviously he, re- he rebounded in the playoffs. But outside that, he was like fairly consistent. Might give up a play here and there, but for the most part, you got good plays. Where with Dean, I mean, there was one game where they just kept targeting him, targeting him, and I'm like, gosh. And so if you're going to pay him a bunch of money because, you know, he has shown stretches of playing well, I don't, I don't, I don't like it too much. He loves to jump routes. You can get him on like stop and goes and like double like double moves kill him a lot of the time. He's a good athlete. I think he's a good player. I think he makes more sense playing more press man. I think he's actually said that himself that he'd like to play more man and less zone. And I saw that you know Pelicero when he says a guy's gonna get a lot of money, it tends to be true. Um, but I'm kind of with you. He he's a boomer bust guy for sure. So Lamar stays with the Ravens. Aaron Rodgers to New York Jets. You like that one? I think at this point, yeah, when you have a team that lets their player talk directly to another team, that's usually like the last signal of like, all right, they want they want to move on from this guy. Um, and so, yeah, I think the whole contingency flying out to California to meet with Rodgers, I think that says a lot. 
Absolutely. All right. Fantastic stuff. That is Brad Spielberger. You can find his work uh, over the cap.com. They've been doing great stuff for years, but he's with pro football focus as well now and doing fantastic things. And it's always a pleasure to have you on Brad. And I love talking contracts with you. And I love having someone that knows what the heck they're talking about when it comes to contracts, because it can get, you can get pretty deep in the weeds with this stuff. So yeah, appreciate you, man. Thanks for jumping on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. Croc and I back next week. Of course, free agency gets going. We'll start to find out who the 49ers targets are when that tampering period opens Monday. Talk to you then right here, Locked On 49ers.